Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code PODCAST15. Pregnancy, birth and the postpartum are times of huge physical and psychological change. As women, one of the most helpful things we can do is to talk about it, to share experiences and to support and empower each other. This week, I'm joined by Lucy West at Lucy West Official, mum to her gorgeous baby girl, Dolly, personal trainer, pre and postnatal specialist, and just a really, truly lovely woman who is passionate about empowering and supporting other women. So welcome, Lucy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Pip. Oh, I'm really excited to talk to you because... You're just awesome, aren't you? You know, you've shared so honestly so much about pregnancy, the postpartum, your birth, breastfeeding. And I just think it's really important that as women, we talk about that more and we're honest about the highs, the lows and all of that in between. Yeah, absolutely. There is no such thing as TMI when it comes to me, unfortunately. <laughs> I will just I will just say things and I think, well, maybe that's not appropriate. But, you know, I think like if you share everything, we all go through it, even if you're not talking about it. So it's worth sharing and then having support. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're in great company here. There is no such thing as too much information on this podcast. So that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Um, so so far, Lucy, in three words, which is probably going to be quite a challenge, um, how would you describe hard. your journey? Um, God, that is so hard in three words. Okay, so I would say um, me amazing first of all and just thinking the whole experience of pregnancy birth and postnatal so amazing um natural as well um and overwhelming yes I oh I love that we're definitely gonna talk more about those feelings and, and it appears certainly from an outsider looking in watching your experience that it has been quite organic for you motherhood has it felt that way just like you kind yeah of it doesn't feel it. it's bizarre like when she arrived as well like even through pregnancy I, I felt it just felt normal. I'd forget, A, I was pregnant sometimes, just like to forget. I, I would mm -hmm. like, oh God, I'm, I'm pregnant. Like, it just, it felt, 
it just felt normal. And then um, even after she came, I, don't, I feel like maybe it's just not hit me yet, but it's six months. So <laughs> I, it just feels, it doesn't feel like a big shocker. Like it just, it, it's good. I love it. And it's, it felt natural, really natural. Like I, the first thing I thought was, why did I wait so long? I'm 36. Yeah. So I, I did think to myself, why did I wait so long? Like I wish I'd started years ago. Ah, oh, but you had to wait, you know, right time, right circumstance, right baby, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, yeah, that made it feel this way. Um, so yeah. what would you say have been your biggest challenges through this whole experience? Um, I would say um, I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, I'm I'm the type of person who um likes to plan things out. So um, it was through doing your course where I kind of realized that I could prepare as best I could, you know, just keep fit, keep healthy. I've always trained. Um, I know that's going to be beneficial for my body, knowing what it's going to have to go through potentially. So um, I could plan and do all that. I could prepare myself mentally um, through the hitting birthing course, the breastfeeding course, chatting to friends. But I knew that when it came down to the crunch of it, whether that would be the birth, the pregnancy experience, and also after. I knew that it would come down to kind of letting things be as well, like trusting the medical professionals um, and just kind of going with the flow of things, not not trying to control those things um, as well. That's the hard, I think that would be the hardest thing. (laughs) Yeah, and it it is the hardest thing, isn't it? I think when you are, like you say, used to, used to being able to sort of control things a little bit more it's a it's a massive my personality shift. type I think yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's my personality type <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that you know I think lots of us lots of us feel that way we like to have routine we oh, like yeah. to have structure um yeah for me it was I like to have my own time like I selfishly would always yeah. be like, oh I can go out for a two-hour run well you can't do that when you've got a newborn can you like that whole shift no. in priorities and things postnatally is yeah oh yeah oh gosh that is a big thing I think I've got four dogs as you know and I like to I've got obviously husband and stepson and stepdaughter but I feel like my my stepdaughter and I we we look after everybody else including the husband including his brother like they're hopeless I hate to say it they're hopeless the boys are hopeless (laughs) so it's it's me and Molly versus these guys it's like four (laughs) dogs so it's always been like very full-on households trying to manage the circus that is the two guys in the household and then the dogs and and so, um, so I, I did used to think to myself, I, I'm so busy, like when back it up, everybody else, I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm sure I put myself in a good position here to practice. I'm sure I've practiced enough. <laughs> she's the easiest one. She's the easiest one. Dolly is the easiest one to look after. <laughs> I love it all. Oh, she's she's such, she's such a cutie. So let's talk about Dolly Lucy because you really kindly shared your birth experience with me. And yes. I want you to tell everybody how you felt that moment Dolly was born because to me this is exactly what a positive birth should be regardless of you know mode of birth environment all that stuff. yeah but those feelings that you had the moment you welcomed your little girl into the world oh they're just amazing gives me goosebumps when I hear you talk about it so tell oh us. I'll try and repeat it in the way I've done before so um so obviously we got when we got I, can't, I don't even know went through the whole story last time I don't know how much time you've got but I, I remember we were at home and my water was broken the day before uh, at 7am on Thursday morning. And and by 9pm on Thursday night, my, my contraction started after a curry um, <laughs> and walking around and things like that. And I was determined to be as active as I could with labour. Um, the, the first stage is labour, you know, just the early stage, kind of just moving around um, keeping myself busy. Um and um, I bought some ingredients to make some energy bars. I was making those like homemade energy bars to take to the hospital. 
And um, my sister came down because she's going to be my second birth partner. So my husband and my second birth partner, my sister. And um, I sent them all to bed because obviously um, I needed them to have their strength when I needed them most. And I, and I knew I was fine. I knew I could do it on my own at this point. So they all went to bed and I stayed downstairs and watched a couple of chick flicks on, on uh, chick flicks, I should say, on, on TV. Um, and just doing my contractions in the living room with the dogs around me. <laughs> and um, hot water bottle. And um, just doing the breathing. And then... By the time we got to the hospital, uh, about, I think it was like, what, quarter past eight, eight o'clock the following morning. Um, it felt like it was really close. And you don't know because it's a new thing. You don't know what it's going to feel like. But um, I felt like it was close. And they all thought it'd be a while yet. She's the first. But she did come really quickly. And at 10 to 8, well, 10 to 9, 8.54, she was born. Um, and it just kind of initially, uh, you expect that moment to kind of like, I expected myself to kind of like cry and to be like, oh, but it's a real surreal experience as well. And I felt so calm. I felt really calm. I didn't feel like anxious or stressed. Um, I, I just felt like I knew I could do it. I felt like my body knew it could do it. I could do it. I knew she could do it or he could do it because I didn't know if it was a boy or girl. And as the moment came where she was born, um, it was almost like everything fell into place. It was really weird. It's hard to explain. It wasn't as dramatic a moment as I thought it would be in every sense of the word. But at the same time, it was like very dramatic. <laughs> and, yeah. and then uh, and as she was handed to me, um, the midwife um, who'd been there for like 30 years, um, she's quite a robust lady called uh, Mandy. Um, and she had like tears in her eyes and she pulled me to her and said to me, um, I've been here for 30 years. I've never cried at anyone's birth. This is the first one I've cried at. And I was like, oh, oh my God. So I kind of made me tear up. And that's what made me tear up. And my husband was in tears. My sister was in tears. And that's what made me kind of tear up. And she said, I've never seen anything so amazing. You're amazing. And I was like, oh, oh. thank you so much. Yeah, oh, it was a really magical you, moment. You really were amazing because you just kind of took everything in your stride, didn't you? And and had that real innate trust in your body and its ability. And yeah. I wonder whether, do you think that came from the exercise that you've always done kind of is embedded in your genetics, literally because your twin sister's the same. Um, do you yeah. think that kind of really helped with you coping during labour and birth? Oh my gosh, 100% because... I spent a long, long time training and pushing my body past its boundaries mm. for physical pain, obviously within safe parameters. But um, you get used to kind of testing your pain threshold and, and, and pushing yourself. And I think as well, it's, it's kind of like you, you've paired your body. You haven't, I mean, when, when you think about birth, whatever birth you end up having, um, to, unless there's a medical reason why not, to, to not prepare for it physically to me it seems a bit crazy because it's like someone said to me once it's like running a marathon and not training for it um to me like why wouldn't you you know train for it and uh you know and do the best you can you know prepare your body the best you can absolutely you know? and even if you've exercised and birth doesn't go plan a what an amazing place to have put yourself in physically and psychologically for the postpartum yeah. because that has a whole host of kind of other physical and psychological um, <laughs> challenges, doesn't it? That I think, again, exercise can have a really important part in. I definitely, yeah. Have you found I that? I definitely put that down. Oh, 100%. I, I 100%, I'm not saying, again, it's for every woman. I think you have to be so careful of not, um, you know, saying that if you, you know, I'm sure women out there have had a great 
birth experience themselves who haven't done the same but for me being 36 I'm classed as a geriatric pregnancy how ridiculous <laughs> I mean you look you look like 22 Lucy so we all need to oh, know your secrets <laughs> <laughs> um, but at 36 I definitely want to make sure I prepare myself every way I could so just exercising all those years, it didn't just physically prepare my body, I think it mentally prepared me as well because I was used to pushing myself past the boundaries. When it came to approaching the birth, I remember thinking to myself, um, this is going to be like a physical challenge, like anything else I've taken on before. Um, I've done lots of physical kind of challenges, like running 100 miles in a week or doing bodybuilding competitions. So this one, I was quite like, it sounds really masochistic. I was quite excited to see how I could handle it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I tried to like flip it on its head because I think a lot of things about mindset in life, in fact, I think, well, everything is about the mindset, isn't it? And um, you can handle everything when your mind's in the right place. So for me, I knew that um, the birth would be hard. So I was prepared that it'd be harder than what I would think it could be. And I just wanted to make sure that... Um, I, I kind of embraced it as a challenge rather than try to hide from it. It was an unavoidable. That baby was going to come out. I, that's it now. It's going to come out. So I've got to make sure that I uh, embrace the, 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 and enjoy it. So I think, I feel like that um, society has made women very, very scared of uh, birth. And I've, you know, for, for right reasons, I'm sure, you know, it, it of course has, you know, it's, it's not the most comfortable experience, but we've done it for millions and millions of years with far less knowledge and help and medical um, advances that we have now so to me you've got every card in your pack the last card which is probably the most important one is your mindset and how you're going to approach it and so um approach the birth I thought to myself like women have done it for millions of years I know I can do it I know my body can do it now mindset's got to just look forward to it and I spent the months approaching birth excited for it and people would say to me oh we're getting nervous it's getting close and say no, I'm just dead excited. I'm so excited. And by telling myself that, I, I genuinely felt excited. I genuinely was excited. And I was genuinely just couldn't wait for the birth experience. Not actually just for the baby being born, but to see how I could handle it. It was like my little part of the birth was how I could do it to, I guess, so like you make, you're excited for the baby. Of course, well, that's, that's why you've had a baby. I was also weirdly excited to see how I could cope with it, see how I could deal with it. I was excited to the whole thing. I wasn't kind of worried so much about the pain. I was just excited for it. I've used that word about 10,000 times. I'm so sorry. But I love it. I and it's another word. You know, it's going to be the most magical day of your life. The, the most, yeah. It's literally like this baby's born and this, this whole gateway opens. You're yeah. welcome into this crazy roller coaster, incredible time yeah. that is motherhood. Why shouldn't we feel excited about it? And I remember um, my waters went before I went into labor. So I went to bed that night, not having contractions, yeah. but my waters having broken. And I was like, come on, please, please, please. I was so excited. And when I woke up, yeah. like, I don't know, it was like two in the morning or something with contractions. I was like, yes. And I, exactly like you, really excited yeah. to embrace this next part of the journey. And I think that's where we need to start shifting. Like you say, there's so I much think fear shift the mindset. There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of um, fear mongering as well. Like, um, you know, if you see anything about birth, it's, except on your page, <laughs> yours is always very positive, but you always see things like, oh, how to cope with this, how to cope with that. And it's, it is good to be aware, but let's also focus on the exciting part of it. And, this might sound really odd, but like certain things come every year in your life. Christmas comes every year. Your birthday comes every year. Celebrations, anniversaries, mm -hmm. all these things. This is something that some women may never do, of course, but some women will only ever do once. Mm -hmm. So like to not be excited this one time, you know, try try to retain control. Um, obviously, I mentioned earlier about letting go, but also controlling how you are. So, so you know, 
not allowing yourself to um, allow fear to get hold of you. So just being excited, controlling um, how you feel as well, allowing yourself to kind of just um, relax, go with the moment. Um, Yeah, it's hard to put in, such a hard one to put into words sometimes. I hate to say it's one of the things that when you go through it, I think it's easier to understand and explain. Because it's so powerful, isn't it? But I think that's when as society, we we really need to do better as women for women, because mm-hmm. it's all these, you know, negative birth stories that we hear, or all this fear, or yeah. don't be induced, yeah. because I, I did a post about this this morning, actually, don't be induced, oh, I, I was induced and yeah. this went wrong, you know, things like that. And, and that's why we yeah. then have this epidemic yeah. of birth fear and women making choices from a place of fear, rather than from a place of you know real informed decision making which is where we have these empowered positive experiences even if it's not birth plan a actually birth should still allow you to feel that that way regardless of how that might look yeah yeah no that's so true uh, yeah and i think when it comes to linking in exercise with pregnancy so i Mm. have this real frustration lucy that i'm sure you experienced in your pregnancy when you've got a pregnant woman she's there she's heavily pregnant you know i work in a hospital so for example someone would say to me pip you shouldn't be pushing that bed you're pregnant and i'm like uh have you seen what i'm about to go through you know or you shouldn't lift you shouldn't reach up there you're pregnant you shouldn't carry that because you're pregnant and all we're doing is instilling in pregnant women's minds that they are weaker that they are less capable that they yeah. are, you know, their abilities are impeded because they're pregnant. And then we expect them to undergo like the biggest physical and psychological oh, challenge. Oh, yeah, no, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a crazy twist, right? How, how is anyone meant to accept that they've got to get fit for pregnancy or at least maintain it? If, if I think it's just, I think it comes from that culture, of course, where businesses and places of public places are scared of like getting sued <laughs> so they're just yeah. like uh, they, they put all these safety aspects over it and of course the sensible stuff like for example you know if you're heavily pregnant there's certain things you, you, you naturally know doesn't feel right you're not going to do you know you just know that but mm. but like again i keep going back to what you know for thousands of years women have um had to work right up until they've been given birth they've had to carry on um and so, you know if you've got your own children as well you've got to chase after them you've got to pick them up you know you can't stop um our bodies are built like you've always say built to birth aren't they they're built they're strong and um and as long as you're mindful of what you're doing um you're you are capable mm. and i think like i say if you spend the nine months sitting on the sofa then you you are going to struggle yeah <laughs> you know, absolutely and i know birth. that for, for you lucy obviously you have a huge passion for women's health and women's fitness it's essentially 36 years long um because you've always yeah. always done it worked within fitness yes. yourself and then supported other women and then you took a wee bit of a break didn't you from online yeah. fitness coaching working with women in that space why have you decided to go back to it since having dolly so um when i took the break it 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 timed coincidentally with covid obviously i didn't know covid was going to happen um but it was a good thing in a way that i actually left the fitness industry because obviously all the gym shut yeah. um, went back to working in office jobs something i'd previously done um but i knew i wanted to come back into it and i just knew it was waiting for that right time for me when i felt inspired to do it um I, i've trained women for a long time and personal trained for quite a while so and it was only ever meant to be a temporary break um and and I'd only ever PT'd female clients. I'd never trained male clients. Um, so I'd always had an affinity for looking after females. Um, I feel that we do get a shorter 
end of the straw when it comes to fitness from a very young age. You know, boys are given a football in the playground to kick around. Girls are never going to football to kick around. Even now on the school curriculum, I know my stepdaughter says, you know, on the boys as rugby and football, girls don't have that on their options. Um, and I just think like, you know, um, females, I love supporting females. I'm a female myself. I've, I've been there, I've got t-shirts, few experiences yeah. in my life. So um, yeah, I've always loved training females. And so when I took the break and was looking to come back, um, I wanted to go into niche area because um, there's so many gyms out there, so many personal trainers and um, and pre and postnatal was something I was really interested in. I love how the body works. I was really interested to get that qualification um, and I knew in the future I'd like children myself so I thought it would be useful for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I started my qualification and not didn't, well, it was not long after that that I fell pregnant. So um, yeah, so and it ended up timing quite nicely because I was able to test my workouts out on myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the workouts that I provide now, I mean, I, I did myself when I was pregnant right away until two days before she was born. I, I did a heavy leg session. That's <laughs> really nice, isn't it? It's really nice that you've, yeah. you've literally lived this experience really organically and now you're giving that back to a community mm. of women that are joining you. So I, I love that. And it's just so important. And I think for women that are listening that are thinking, well, you know, this is all really great, but I don't, I don't exercise, nothing I've ever done. And now I'm pregnant. Yeah. This is actually a really great time to start. You can start yeah. exercising yeah. pregnancy if you haven't before, but what's yeah. really beneficial is to work with someone like Lucy, who's actually qualified. So then, you know, you've mm. got that safety net of doing things that are safe and appropriate for you at this stage. That's of it. I mean, the general, um, kind of, the general consensus is that you don't start anything new when you're pregnant. But um, like you just said, with the guidance of someone, you yeah. actually can. So it's a difficult one because I, ha- I have to be careful. That I don't just say, oh, yeah, anyone could just start exercising because, you know, if you've never exercised in your life and you're pregnant and you decide to start exercising, would that, you have to go about it in a safe way. Um, and obviously certain exercises are absolutely no-go area, any physical contact sports, mm. <laughs> kickboxing, like rugby. that. <laughs> yeah, don't start like that. Or deep sea um, diving. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Um, but weight training certainly is a good one. And it's just, yeah. it's just, starting at the beginning I guess if you've not done it before and, and, and knowing what you're doing or having someone who knows what they're doing and actually yeah. it's quite often I'll speak to to expect at mums that say you know I don't do any exercise and then we look at their life and actually they mm. they walk to work so they might yeah. actually be walking a couple of miles a day they have a toddler that they are picking up they're putting yeah. them down on a potty yeah so actually they're doing weighted functional squats. training in, yeah in their everyday life it's like actually we're not starting from zero like you thought we were what we're going to do is yeah. teach you to do these exercises in a way that's functional and is going to prevent you getting injured which is yeah. so important in pregnancy when we know we have got an increased yeah. chance of injury so it's i think sometimes stripping it back reframing our mind and then having like you say that positive mindset mm. to move forward on rather than that mustn't do can't do again it well, comes exactly. down to fear doesn't it yeah i think one thing we haven't actually talked talked about at all which is probably the most important thing is the benefits of exercising during pregnancy yeah. so people don't understand don't realize they like you know, studies show, and you'll know, of course, it, you know, you have a shorter labour, um, less chance of intervention, um, lowers the risk of gestational diabetes, um, you know, better, um, you know, better mental health, reduced risk of insomnia during pregnancy, um, faster postpartum recovery, um, less, and less, I think reduced risk of C-section, is that right? So, you know, it, there's, so, there's so many, um, but of course, all that aside, there's always going to be things that happen you can't ever prepare you know we know that but you can prepare yourself for the best outcome 
Um, so well, yeah, to me, it's, it's like a no-brainer. It's only going to help, exactly. you know. No harm mm-hmm. is going to come from moving your body in pregnancy in a safe way with a specialist wow. trainer. So, um, mm. and Lucy, talking about your online courses, where do people find you? Where do they find them? Um, so I'm mainly on Instagram, Lucy, Lucy West Official. Um, and you can head over there and check out my content on there. I do try to share um, helpful tips and hints for pregnant mums and postpartum mums on there. Um, and then um, I have my workout group, Workout with Lucy, and that is a private Facebook group. Um, and so they can um, message me on Facebook um, through that as well. So they find the group Workout with Lucy. Um, yeah. Awesome. So if anyone's listening, think, mm, that sounds like something interesting that I can do, because you're all very mm. much like at home realistic this is the it? thing yeah I mean this is the thing so you mentioned about and I'm like sorry I just totally missed the end of that question we mentioned about going back into training um yeah. I knew I didn't want to, I love face-to-face but I knew that you know how many women are going to be in Silicon Trent where I am right now who want a personal face-to-face trainer and can get to the gym and I can't get to the gym now I have Dolly so um it was definitely a case of um going online um, and reaching out to mums all over the world so any English speaking country my group's yeah. online and um, everyone I think has Facebook and if they don't it's certainly easy one to get it's free um, the group is a private group of mums pregnant women um, it's a really nice community of women um, the workouts go on there live every week if you don't catch it live you can catch it in real time um, there's always about 30 days worth of content on there so there's lots of workouts to go at um, there's recipes on there um, it's um, 15.99 a month um but obviously for that you can kind of access it when you've got the time so you know wherever you are when you have a pocket time like dolly's asleep right now that might be a time when you might decide to work out when your little ones asleep so you can kind of hop on and get the workouts done they're really short pip just 30 minutes long including one with a cool down yeah which is i've tried so to try to keep it realistic I thought, yeah. women haven't got an hour and we can't always leave the house and we don't always know we're going to train so it's yeah. not cute. I'm in my nursery. I have to drag a bookshelf out of the way every time I want to train there. I have to roll the rug up. I have to put it in a jumper room, carry it upstairs. Um, but, um, it's, but that's it's the reality, isn't it? That's what everyone else is doing as well. She had a dirty nap yesterday and I was saying to my ladies, I'm so sorry, she's got a dirty nap. She's starting to get a bit like, Oh, oh. we've got like two minutes so we're gonna kick off <laughs> what we got there <laughs> jog faster um yeah and it's interesting yeah. isn't it because i remember as a postnatal mum the same as you you suddenly realize that these hour workouts that you did before are no longer it's not gonna happen. and actually i then not. found it really unenjoyable and stressful because, because you're just was, worrying about getting back home yeah, and then it was like broken and then it was crying and i was like this just isn't fun anymore no. um and what i really encourage people to do especially if they are struggling you know their baby naps for 20 minutes at a time and it just all feels really stressful is to do it with them like you were saying with dolly because what an amazing thing for our little people to see us exercising how powerful is that like it's going to set she starts kicking her feet and laughing as soon as i start training she's laughing at me i think why are you laughing at me Uh, (laughs) but often i've had to bring onto the carpet with me towards the end of a session when she started to get a bit you know maybe she's ready for another feed or she's getting a bit tired ready for a nap um, so bring around the, the carpet with me and, mm. um, and you know, finish the workout, use her as a weight if I can, that sort of thing. So, yeah. And of course, women who do it from home, they can pause me and carry on, like, you know, when they sort the baby out. I, I, I can't, but, um, you know, it's quite easy to work around Dolly, um, yeah. just half an hour. And I, yeah. I just think it teaches them such amazing amazing outlook about exercise especially for like for a little girl seeing her Mm mum lift weights and be strong and challenge some of these societal kind of expectations stereotypes I just think is is fantastic so yeah yeah absolutely 
Oh, thank you so, Lucy, everyone that comes on the podcast, I ask for three top tips and you haven't yeah. escaped. So I wonder if oh. you could share three top tips to perhaps some expectant mums listening. Okay. Um, so first of all, I would, and I've got to say this, I would definitely say if you're not exercising, start exercising. Yes. Um, reach out to someone who knows what they're doing. Please yeah. don't um, just go at it on your own, unless it's walking or swimming. You know, those kind of things are easy enough um, to do. Um, uh, whew tips um i would say um so prepare as much as you can but be prepared to go with the flow that is the most important thing mm. don't try have a birth plan i had a birth plan but you know what no one looked at it i printed out the morning that i went into the hospital and it never even got looked at no one even looked at it and i think if i remember rightly during one point during my labor when i was about to push to get the head out i midwife was saying to call out Lucy just breathe in the ditch and I was trying to say something she said what are you, what are you trying to say and I went perennial support I remembered one thing I wanted perennial support <laughs> have a plan have, have what you want <laughs> but go with the flow um, uh. definitely um, and then I'll probably say the last tip um, oh there's so many how do you even I know I'll just choose three um, can I do a postpartum tip of course yeah there's no rules here Oh, so this one was a big one for me. So the night feeds, sleep deprivation is a real thing. I know you've talked mm. about sleep deprivation um, and I wasn't expecting it. I'm not, I'm a high energy person. I don't need a lot of sleep, but um, it catches up on you. And Dolly would obviously wake multiple times a night for feed because she's a tiny little baby. And that's what they do. Um, and um, and you're lying asleep and as soon as you start to hear the cry, you kind of go, oh no, you're so half trying to ignore it. And then you, you start to wake and you realize you've there's nothing you can do you've got to sort it you know and it happens multiple times and someone said to me um there will come a time when you will look back and you'll wish for those moments again when it was just you and your little baby in the dark and quietness of the house everybody else is asleep it's like it's only the two of you in the whole wide world and all they want is you and they're looking at you and it's just the sweetest thing and soon someone said to me it changed my whole perspective mm. and every night when she would wake i'd eagerly get her and just me and her and it was lovely so that really helped me cope with that so that's probably my last tip which is completely related to fitness but that was a really no, good one. Yeah, so relevant though to your experience. So mm. Thank you so much for sharing, Lucy. Thank you for all the work you're doing to empower women. It's so, so important and we need lots more of it. So thank you. Before you head off, I just need to tell you something. 68% of you who listen to my podcast have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor? If you have ever enjoyed listening and hit subscribe now, it makes a huge difference and helps me to keep bringing you episodes. The bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests, and the more women we can reach and help. Thank you for subscribing, and I look forward to chatting again soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.